I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers. You're listening to the 2019 Round 20 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by Corner Kicks, the key. No, no, throw ins, the key to victory. Uh, no, sorry. Actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by co-host Michael Denton and maybe usual co-host Blaine Riffle. So we'll see if he joins us a little bit later in the show. But anyway, how you doing, Mike? I hate you. I hate everything. I, hate everything. <laughs> I, I have done nothing. I have done nothing to no that's true i did i did i did <laughs> uh but you had to know so mike is mad at me everyone tonight because of the result of the new york city new york red bulls derby game and i don't know why he's mad at me because frankly let's go to chat here for a second do you all think that matt should be mad at me because i mean Ooh. we had a derby of course i'm gonna have try to get matt and matt mike and Tim. <laughs> I'll just do the whole episode. Like it's something. Like I'm. I'm I always call. I always get like the New Yorks mixed mixed up and all those things. So it's just gonna be something. Mike. I always get Mike and Tim together when I can. You, you try to bring Red Bulls fans on here to talk after we lose to them. Then you call me mad. It's just. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 a rough week. You didn't have to pour it on. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I will say uh, I put a call out for. Uh, New York Red Bull fans, fantasy fans, to like have someone come on the show to be able to talk to us tonight, and nobody took me up on the offer. So, I mean, it is what it is, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I know people in chat and everyone listening tonight on the show is looking forward to Mike's rant about the Red Bulls. It'll be a slight aside from our usual fantasy content. But first, let's hit that fantasy content, Mike, and let's talk about how your teams did this week. Um, well, I think like pretty much everyone's team, everyone's team did trash this week. It was just like a degree of trash. Um, I ended up with 58, I think, after the Gaetan adjustment. Yeah, which I think was okay levels of trash. Um, I mean, we, we can start with, I mean, if you listened to the show last week, I captained Vela. Obviously, I had to switch out of Vela. I switched out of Vela to Brian Fernandez, who then uh, also did not start. So I had to switch that. Uh, and eventually, that became Elise and um, Rui Diaz. Uh, and I somehow brought in Ladero. And I think I had Ladero before. So I switched the captaincy to Ladero and brought in Rui Diaz. Those are the only good moves I made this week. Um, because I had all the stuff at the storm, I missed Fontas. Uh, not starting. Uh, I, I missed Kaku not starting for the Rebels, so I got some zeros or, and a one there. Um, most of my defenders didn't pan out. Uh, I brought in Elise thinking after seeing the LAFC lineup that was going to be some great opportunity for him. He only got four points. Uh, he had missed a, a really close one, and then they got blown out. Um, so, I mean, that, that was pretty disappointing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Kind of segueing into surprises, and I know we'll get to your points first. You know, the Chicago result really tripped me up. It didn't trip me up as bad because I switched out of Sapong, but uh, you know, Gaetan only put up three points after missing two PKs, which is really, really tough to do. Um, none of my defenders did squat, so uh, yeah, pretty disappointing week. But I think everyone had a frustrating fantasy week. Is basically if you just hit one or two, I think especially in the forward position, or if you manage to to get a defender with a clean sheet, you pretty much had a good week this week. Yeah, let me know right now if you're in chat. We have more people in chat this week, so super excited to see that. Uh, let us know right now how how your teams did. But I agree with you, Mike. the The general sense from even looking at our experts league is the answer to how your team do this week is crappy. Uh, <laughs> that's that's really how it went. There was so much going on that just resulted in a curveball 
for uh, the fantasy wise. So it, it was it was definitely uh, a hashtag because MLS. Someone got over seventy points here, and that's a pretty good score. Uh, it was definitely a hashtag because MLS kind of kind of round that was going on, uh, and I too was not immune to it. I thought I actually did kind of pretty well with with sixty points. And uh, mm-hmm. if if you were following my uh, fantasy newsletter or some of the tweets that I had last week, you know that I had Vela in my team. And I did that just so I could sort of um, just get that money saved, encumber that money against my budget. So I had that saved so I could make adjustments because, as Mike pointed out, there were some concerns if he was going to start against Houston and, and the rotations that were going coming up. And sure enough, he did not start against Houston, nor did many of their starters. And uh, that caused me to make some change-ups. My, my backup uh, – I was on the fence, but I, I kind of went with my gut because I thought other people would go this way. So it would sort of hedging my bets. I went with Zlatan, and so that did not work out for me, though he did get more points than Vela. Um, I went with Zlatan as my backup for Vela, switched up my defense some, which was to bring in Cascante. So, so yeah, I guess I net minus three from not getting Vela on my team. So that kind of sucks. Uh, 82, holy cow, from the chat, yeah. 82 points. I think you're – you're the winner of of the week. Uh, we got some good scores in chat. 78, uh, 74, Captain Valeri, 66, 64. Nice. You guys yeah. did well. Yeah, insult to injury for me is I, I was really expecting Chicago to do well against FC Cincinnati, so I captained Gaetan. And, yeah, should have gotten a couple of goals. Did, did not get a couple of goals. Had a couple I mean, of – That could have been a big one if he puts him in. <laughs> I know, right? It, it was it was almost fantastic. Did you seven-point swings there? <laughs> I know. I know. No, it was pretty disappointing for me. I mean, I did have Pozuelo. I did have Valeri. I did have Ladero. So I had that stack in the midfield, and that helped me get to my 60 points. But a disappointing week. Boxel on the back, my highest-scoring defender. Uh, but it was a pretty disappointing week overall for a lot of us. So don't worry. If, if you're looking at your score thinking, where did I go wrong? Everybody went wrong. It was just a, a weird week. And even with all the ups and downs, I still think I managed to gain a couple million in there. I'm at, I'm at 108.4, I think, right now with my value. Uh, good friend uh, Andrew Winner is at like pushing 110. So I thought I was doing well, but he's Mr. Moneybags. Do you know what your value is at, Mike? Um, poverty. Poverty. Uh, let's see, 106.6 plus 0.7, so that's 107.3. Not too bad. I mean, I tried – I mean, one of my strategies last week was to try to pick players who are going to likely to increase in price this week since there wasn't a double game week, and I was pretty far behind. So 107.3, fantasy disappointment in the morning. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Okay, well, let's move on to our, our head-to-head update because I've, I've teased it a couple of times now. Patrick Smith, 109.4. Look at you giving, giving good returns right there. Uh, Mike, you did have a good result in our head-to-head league. We have one player who I think is – One by a 58-point margin. That's right. 58-0. 58-0. <laughs> So yeah, we've got a guy in our league now, even in our host league, who's who's gone a little AFK, and uh, it, you know it happens. I thought about taking him out, but the leagues are weird that way when you start pulling people out. So it, if you get him, you get him. It's it, everyone's had a good shot to get some points, so it happens. Uh, Blaine had a narrow loss against Matt Pollard. Matt's had some up and downs this this season, but fifty five to fifty seven. So so a crazy time right there. I had a tight win over Bobby Warshaw, 60 to 55. So even these experts, all the experts are getting down there. Well, all the experts except for one. Big, big props to, well, except for two, but big props to Ben Bear and Jamie Watson up there in Minnesota with 79 points, top scores in our league, the host head-to-head league this week. And that's two weeks in a row that uh, our friends up in Minnesota have gotten the top spot. So going well for them overall, but I got to talk about the overall table is tied right now with Ben bear and Sherry. So good job. Sherry was uh, doing really well uh, for the like two thirds of the first half of the season. So still bringing it here for the second half four Oh and Oh, our only two undefeated people right now. Sherry, one of our great Patreon followers right there. Speaking of Patreon, you guys are getting Closer to me, actually, being able to start calling out some names. Uh, the 64 teams are going strong. Ten people are now tied for first place with a score uh, with a uh, a overall with these things results of three o and o. So 
Good job, everyone, right there. Uh, as soon as we get down, uh, if I can get it at least, I want to say under 10, but that should easily happen next week. If I can get like top five, that's when I want to start really calling you guys out. So so be cutthroat. Go for it. But <laughs> great competition going there. I, haven't, I had another tight game there, too, as well, with every, everyone was, it was tied out all over the place. All right, let's get on to round 19 fantasy takeaway. So, Mike, uh, lots of surprising things. I'm, I'm going to give the number one surprising thing. We've already talked about it a little bit. Houston versus LAFC. That lineup came out there. Everyone was like, it's going to be Houston. Already saw someone in chat mention they glad they didn't go with Elise. Uh, but they roll out the scrubs. They still get the result. I think that has to be – I mean, for, for me, that has to be the biggest surprise of the week is LAFC getting the result on the road in Houston with that lineup. Would you agree? Um, I don't know if it's the surprise of the week to, to me, the surprise of the week was uh, Philly getting drubbed for nothing in RSL. I knew that was going to be a tough game for Philly, but I'm still surprised about that extent. Um, but I mean, re- regardless, the Houston match was, was a shocker. Cause I mean, LAFC played a game midweek. Um, we're on short and rest benched a few guys, uh, including Vela. Uh, and then to have a two goal win, uh, at Houston, which, I mean, Houston plays pretty well at Houston, or at least they did in the beginning part of the season, uh, is is a real surprise to me. Um, you know, Houston, I think, is kind of one of those teams where I, I feel less and less confident picking them even at home, uh, and, and their schedule is a little bit more road-heavy uh, going towards uh, the rest of the season, and we'll talk a little bit about Houston uh, coming up. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest surprises of the week. I mean, for, for me, it was just, you know, Philly, who's top team in the East. A trip to RSL is always tough because of the altitude, but I was not expecting 4 nothing. Uh, Savarino was the player of the week um, with, uh, I think, two goals or, or something like that. I think he got 19 points uh, in fantasy this week. So, I mean, that no one saw saw that coming. So if, if you managed to jump on the RSL train, even Rosnack got you 12 points. So that, that was a pretty good week uh, from them. And chat is mentioning for us right now that Philly did have some others who were missing with Kai Wagner and Montiero. So uh, definitely some some missing names that if you're if you're watching the lineups can help you make some of those decisions. But um, I don't know if many people were going heavy on RSL this week. I even talked about not getting some of their defenders because I was worried about a Philly go from Chivilco. But um, yeah, definitely they were missing some some players, and that did play into that. I'm going to have to also talk about that Chicago FC Cincinnati game again. Because uh, that was definitely a big surprise. Pleasant for me. Didn't make the biggest surprise for me overall. But uh, everything went wrong for Chicago. I mean, they outshot Cincinnati 20-6. to 20-6. to six. They, they were on target seven of those 20 shots. So a uh, great performance from Richie, for sure, stopping the PK. Missing... Two PKs, even though he got the rebound, still missed two PKs. That's absolutely ridiculous and and gets a loss after all that. So just a crazy night for Chicago. That five-goal victory over Atlanta is is just long in the in the past. So it's 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 concerning. And I really thought that I could put it together. But FC Cincinnati success is uh, also a takeaway that I have, especially going into this round. So that that's uh, some good budget options right there for people. Uh, anything else, Mike, that you have for that? Yeah. I mean, other than I, I feel like every time we've been on Chicago, they, they've been letting us down this fantasy season. Um, they, they have a lot of potential, but they just haven't been able to string it together. I mean, you mentioned the five goal game against Atlanta. We thought oh, maybe this is the turnaround. Uh, and then they followed it up with two really disappointing losses. So, um, I mean, that'll, that'll be a, t- a big question this week because they play Columbus, who has been one of the weakest teams. I don't know how, if we've talked about Columbus in a while, uh, but since they've lost Federico Higuain, they've really, really struggled to, to get anything offensive going. Um, and their just defense just isn't quality enough to keep it out with all of that other stuff going on. So, um, yeah, it's just disappointing. Chicago, I feel like, should be doing much better, but they're not. Uh, maybe some other takeaways to is that San Jose, New England – uh, keep rolling. Uh, even you know Colorado played well uh, at Portland. Um, so those teams who've got who've made coaching changes uh, continue to be strong. Yeah, the San Jose team is definitely doing well. <laughs> A big bite for me because last week I went with Vaco my fantasy team and he did not do fantastic for me. And then this week he gets a goal and assist, and I'm like, of course that's 
that's how it would be. Like the week I didn't have a Chicago, I didn't have Gaetan. They go off uh, on Atlanta. Then I get Gaetan. Then he misses two PKs and Baco. And so that's just like the curse that's happening to us in fantasy. But uh, yeah, San Jose doing well. New England doing really well and could have some new offensive power available during this double game week. So lots of uh, some great takeaways right there. Um, let's talk about Zatan. So for me, most important fantasy takeaway is part of a question that we were asked from from Twitter. And, and my fantasy takeaway is I, sh- I should have gone with my gut. I talked about going with Slatan as my first backup for Bella. I mentioned on the show last week that I did have a concern that, and, and Mike's mentioned it multiple times before as well, I did have a concern that when, when service to Zlatan is poor or just interfered with, Zlatan tends to do poor and San Jose's man marking is sort of built for messing up stuff like that. And like that was in the back of my head and I still went with it. Um, I should have gone with that gut right there. That man marks Zlatan. Any of those teams that can really isolate him seem to help cut into his production. Um, but how do you agree that that's the biggest fantasy takeaway and how do you rank Zlatan Mike going forward? Uh, I rank him pretty low. I'm, I'm pulling up his schedule right now. I mean, the next few matches are LAFC, um, at Portland, at Atlanta, at DC United, then Dallas, Seattle, uh, at LAFC, at Seattle. Um, I mean, they don't play a defensively challenged team until week 28 against Colorado. Um, You know, I mean, Zlatan is one of those players who can really feast on defensively challenged teams because if if you can get service to Zlatan in the box, um, he can create glorious chances and score goals or he can get pks and and bang them in if they have enough of a strong defense midfield and those chances never come he's only a two-point player he's not going to put up enough shots to to make it worth your while and and so i'm i'm ranking him pretty low with where the other fantasy forwards are looking right now where joseph martinez is getting hot uh brian fernandez continues to be a strong play Rui diaz is back um, you know, they're, I mean, Vela, obviously, um, there are just too many other good forward options. And then there's a whole bunch of, you know, cheaper options, players like Bunbury, uh, who we'll talk about Th- that it's, it's tough for me to, to really be looking at Zlatan unless he has a double game week right now, Yeah, because the sure. schedule's not going to give him, give, give him a favorable matchup for uh, a few months now. Yeah, for sure. I see several people in chat or, or people agreeing in chat that Zlatan's probably on a do not play list for them. I don't know if I'd quite go that far as to do not play, but but definitely looking at the teams that he's playing against and how they play, this is where some of that that skill comes in. And and it, this is one of the big pushbacks I give to people who don't think our current <clears throat> system is tactical or strategic or too easy. It's, yeah, you're not playing that one or two transfer game per week, but we're sitting here breaking down strategy and how teams play and how that impacts our fantasy choices. And I think that's really cool because I think that's helping in a way, a small way to, to help educate some of the fantasy, maybe more casual soccer audience. If, if you're listening to our show for the first time and, and you don't know a whole lot about soccer, I, I think this is something that, that maybe is new, a new thought for you for how, how teams play, how they build up. Uh, I saw even Bobby Warshaw's article. He was talking about how a problem that Atlanta had is is the number of back checking runs that that uh, J Mart is doing, that Joseph Martinez is doing, uh, and how that's not spreading the field. So there's lots of these technical elements of how teams are playing that I think really impact fantasy choices and really helps add a layer of strategy and and just coolness to this game. So uh, my other big takeaway this week, both of the next two I have are, are focused on Toronto because I do kind of like what they have coming up this round. Omar Gonzalez is back. He started for the first time with Toronto, got 90 minutes and got 11 points. So he's got an 11 point as one of his scores going into a double game week. So I think that's huge. Uh, he's a $7 million player and uh, could be seeing some price rises with that, that schedule coming up. Also, Josie is back, got a full 90. He's, he's cranked it up to 11, got five shots last week. So, um, that pairing with Josie and Paws and Bradley is is back together, and I think that is is an important fancy takeaway to get going into this round, especially with Toronto's double home game. Anything else you want to throw in there, Mike? Uh, no, I I, th- I think that's it. 
What about chat? I'm giving a call out to the chat right now. Anything else you guys think is an important fantasy takeaway that you'd like us to talk about really quick before we get to our housekeeping section? So uh, we're seeing uh, Alfredo and Josie back. Yep, we got some agreement with what I was just talking about there. Uh, pause Josie owners owns this week, to be honest. Uh, must owns this week, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're, they're guys that I'm definitely going to be mentioning later on in the show. Is that it? Nobody else has some thoughts? Okay, we'll keep checking back. Uh, see how things go during our Patreon housekeeping section. Definitely nothing else to talk about this past week. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I was, I'm just going right along through here. Uh, I. Okay, there is one more big takeaway. We're going to pause for a second. <laughs> Hit up our our housekeeping right after this. I I just totally miss it. You 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 asked for this. The people asked for it, and I am a man people. of the people. Yes, the people <laughs> asked for it. So the other big takeaway this week, of course, is just general soccer, and that is the New York Derby. Because I'm from Kentucky, so it's a derby. Uh, the New York Derby and the the controversy that happened in the closing minutes of this game. And uh, Mike was very vocal about it on Twitter. Just he was wearing his emotions on his shoulder clearly right there. And I'm going to let turn it over to you, Mike. So uh, vent, rant, maybe tie in some fantasy to it and uh, let us know what's going on in your head. All right. Um, the, the fantasy points, I, I don't think there's much fantasy to take away. I mean, New York City had uh, 120 minutes midweek. Uh, they've got a bunch of players coming back from injury. Most of those players will be back either next week or the week after. Um, so I don't think there's a whole lot of fantasy takeaways. I mean, other than the Red Bulls, like, I mean, they look okay. Brian White's a good uh, fantasy pick. Um, Warrior's kind of one of those players who, you know, very hot or cold, but when he goes off, he, he goes off. But, but now, now to the, the point. Okay. This year has been awful for me. Okay. Saints. Champ, NFC Championship game. Then we have the handball against Tottenham in the UCL. And now this. I don't know what I did to have all my sports teams just get absolutely screwed by the most incompetent refs ever. But whatever it is, someone please tell me so that I can undo it. This was unbelievable watching this, this scenario in replay after replay. And just to realize the different layers of how incompetent Alan Kelly and his assistant referee were that game. I mean, you have a ball that clearly should have been a throw-in that was signaled as a corner flag. Then when Callens challenged the AR, the dude points at the spot where he thinks the ball went out. Then Alan Kelly, who even though he's like <clears throat> 20 or 30 feet further away from the ball than his assistant ref, decides that he's smarter than his assistant ref and overrules it by his own admission does not signal does not um whistle all he does is he says he verbally tells him well then all of that happens and it's an easy goal for the new york red bulls because it's always going to be an easy goal when the other team is watching the corner flag and then the ball comes in from somewhere completely different it, it's and the thing that's most frustrating is that this is a game with video review. Now, I understand video review technically can't be used for these scenarios. But at some point, the dude in your ear has to call and be like, bro, you effed up. We got you on camera signaling on the corner while the dude is taking the throw in. Figure something out. And Alan Kelly was like, you know what? I can't figure something out. That is unbelievable. And did he make it up for the rest of the game? No. He just, I mean, you had a handball he didn't call. Max Morales was just like shoved at one point by, I think it was Wire. No call. I mean, we, I'm not the only fan base that's had to deal with this. You know, everyone in MLS has like one game where the pro referees have just botched it. It's just gotten worse. Video review hasn't helped them at all because they're not educated enough to make intelligent decisions about what they're seeing. Um, I, I mean, in order signaling or whistling that you've changed to play is one of the easiest things a ref can do, and they can't even do that right in a derby on a nationally televised game. I mean, that that's a big game. There's stand, the standings are going to change significantly based on that game because the East has been so tight. It's utterly unbelievable 
and, and in, you know, in a just league, a league that really cared, everyone in that officiating crew would be fired tomorrow. Or they'd be fired already. And why they're still there, I have no idea. Um, I think what you're forgetting, Mike, is is what's happened is they've been penciled in for the next Gold Cup championship game. That's that's like CONCACAF referee of the year stuff. You know, I mean, I think Al, but the saddest thing is I think Alan Kelly, after Mark Geiger left, is MLS's top official. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's officiating the LA Galaxy LAFC match this weekend. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff right there. Uh, I can't decide what I like better and what I would love to add into the new intro if I get a chance to, to put together this uh, during the offs time. Uh, if I want to have you going and then all of that happens as, as part of the intro or, or, and I think chat and everyone listening on SoundCloud and on YouTube right now is going to agree with this. If it's going to be bro, you effed up. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like that's the one that's going to win for, for a revised intro is, is the bro Mike, Mike calling out the referee. So I think that would be okay. I don't think we're going to offend any, any of our, our child listeners. Do we have child listeners? We're not, we're, we're a PG show. Uh, so are we, I mean, I can do it. Bro, we you done. PG show. Look, bro, you done goofed up. <laughs> bro, you done goofed up. There it is right here. The people. I'm a bad of the people and a bad of the children. So All right. I definitely think the biggest fantasy takeaway is that uh, a big derby game for New York Red Bulls going into that double game week, double away yeah. week they have. So I think that's that's the biggest fantasy takeaway from all this. And if you wanted one more fantasy takeaway from that, it's pay attention to that quick throw-in. That's not something the Red Bulls have just did at that moment. That has been a consistent tactic. They try to get turnovers and quick strike with quick throw-ins and, and all that to put pressure on. Um, it's a little bit different than the press that was under Jesse Marsh, but that's not a surprise, which was one of the reasons why the New York City players were rushing back because they were waiting for a quick corner and got a quick throw-in instead. Yeah, for sure. And it's easy. I mean, people people are right when they tell Mike, like, hey, you should play for the whistle, wait for all that. That's that's true. But Mike is also right that when you're changing some of the calls, when everyone's expecting that, you, you need to blow the whistle. So it's it's just craziness all up. Yeah, and by the time the throw-in came in, the dude was in acres in, of space. Like, I mean, it was done by the time the New York City played. So I don't understand the play for the whistle argument because by the time the throw-in happened – because Callens goes to the near post to cover the corner kick when he would have covered the guy who got the throw in. So play to the whistle to me doesn't make any sense. It, it's over. You can't let someone, you know, whether it's Red Bulls, Atlanta, whoever, if they get those acres space, they're putting in a golden cross. For sure. You know. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, that's that's Mike's rant. A classic. I don't know. Not not quite his most vicious rant, but a good one. A good solid rant. Uh, so so there we go. Now let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section. If you're listening and don't know what Patreon is, you got to head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI right now. I just got the new swag in the mail two days ago. I'm going to make a video showing all that to everybody, but got some cool stuff that I'm looking forward to. You heard me mention it before. Got the drawstring bags, got the koozies with a bottle opener attachment for it. So some really cool MLSFI stuff that I'm going to be getting out to people. Maybe we're going to try to open up like a shop. I don't I don't know. I have to look through all the taxes and stuff for that. But I'm uh, going to try to get some stuff out there for people who are subscribers for sure. It's a great community, a great league. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash MLSFI to find out more. So let's get on to this housekeeping section. For round 20, games start Wednesday, July 17th, this Wednesday, two days or one day, depending on when you're listening to this, from now at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time with Atlanta versus New England and – or sorry, Atlanta versus Houston and New England versus Vancouver. And I think this is like three weeks in a row that New England's had the starting game. So – uh, two big games right there at 7 o'clock p.m. We have a bunch of teams on double game this week. We have Atlanta with a double home game, Houston with a double away game. We have New England. We have Vancouver. We have Chicago. We have Columbus. We have Toronto with a double home game. We have the Red Bulls with a double away game. FC Cincinnati with a double home game. Uh, first double game week for Cincinnati in their career. Uh, C with a double away game. Then we have Portland and then also Orlando. So those are your double game 
teams uh, by week. Nobody's in a buy, so everyone's in the mix. Make switcheroos really hard this week. Uh, some of your your switcheroo options or the opportunities where you can see two games worth of double game week team results before you can then uh, settle on your your autoroos or switcheroos are for some of the poorer teams like Columbus. I think is one of the first teams that you can see their their results. Uh, they're going up against Montreal, so switcheroos are going to be hard this week. So you may be looking more at an autoroo situation where you put in one or two guys who will that you're trying to figure out if uh, whoever gets the highest points could be really good for defense this week because I think that's a pretty pretty bad pool of options as well uh, but if you're looking for some of that seattle has your best option since they play last with a single game week uh, they've got at least a single uh, a 4.0 forward you can use to have a switcheroo be activated you might also look for some options at rsl minnesota and san jose uh, those also may be single game week teams that you look at to bring in if you want to like maybe take a flyer on a columbus player put a seattle player in if you don't like what's going on switch in Severino, if you want to try to get a price rise, or put put in Vaco if you think they're going to do well on the road, or or put in Minnesota, someone there. Uh, LAFC and LA Galaxy just play so early that I don't think they're good options uh, for for what you're going to want to do. But those are your switcheroo targets for this week. Uh, now had a big number, a uh, big number. That's not the right word. We had a, a lot of people asking about uh, red cards and suspensions going into this big double game week. That is Mike's focus. So Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. Um, for the disco, uh, I was looking over. Um, there's not a whole lot of big fantasy names as far as the double game week teams. Uh, I think the biggest name that's on there is Jill um, or Gill from uh, the New York, the New England Revolution. Um, he's going to be on warning. Um, let's see. I have, the big injury. There's not a whole lot of new injuries. Uh, I think the biggest one for the double game weeks is Breck Shea. Um, Paul Tenorio reported that he has an ACL tear, so he's going to be out for the season. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to affect uh, Atlanta. Maybe Parkers will get some more playing time. Um, uh, they did just make a trade for, I think it was Mo Adams from Chicago. Um, he's a, I think he's a midfielder. I haven't seen if they, that change is reflected in the game yet, uh, but it probably will be soon. Um, so, that's something to be aware of. Atlanta might have some difficulties because Breck Shea has seen a lot of playing time uh, for Atlanta. Uh, red cards, uh, Zahibo for the New England Revolution received a red card. And then I'm trying to pull it up because I did not write it down because I was too busy ranting about how terrible uh, the the officials were. And let's see, I think Portland. Yeah, Portland Cascante uh, received a red card. Um, I feel like there's someone else that I'm forgetting, but I will look at it and let you know. Later. <laughs> uh, trying to think through all of that. Uh, I mean, like like Kellen Acosta from the Colorado Rapids is is still out this week. Uh, I'm just, I'm just keeping it to the uh, single game weeks. Uh, Patrick Smith, Escobar from Atlanta is out on yellow card uh, suspension as well. Um, right. and, oh, Lucho Costa, that's the big one. I knew it was for Yeah, we had that question in chat. Yeah. I say we got – so go ahead. Dwyer, it was Orlando. I was trying to figure out which team got, like, rocked with red cards. Orlando's been getting a bunch. Uh, yeah, Orlando, Dwyer got a red card. Uh, I think that's it. Zlatan is not going to miss the week if you okay. – <laughs> Dwyer got the red. Uh, he's not going to be here. There were some, some Garber shenanigans posted about – why that's not going to happen. So, so Zlatan's not on yellow card warning, I guess. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, that, got- that one's unbelievable. They just like, yeah, he got a yellow card, but we suspended him. So it's not a yellow card for accumulation, which has never happened before. It's not like they changed it to a red card. <laughs> uh, we've got some conflicting comments in chat saying that Acosta is back. Is that Lucho, are we talking about Lucho Acosta or? Oh yeah, let's let's get that. Clear. Are we talking about Acosta? Which Acosta? Which Acosta? Chat. We're waiting for that response. Uh, so you got Sasha back as well for uh, for Orlando. But see, see, Lucho Acosta, I, I think is still appealing, but he was he got like an additional two, or he was he had an additional one game suspension. Did did that get reversed? 
Kellen is still suspended. Lucho is back is what chat's saying. All right, well, we're going to look into that. Uh, check up with Twitter. Look into that because uh, the Acosta Watch 2019 is uh, definitely something going on right now to see if Lucho is going to be back to join DC's double game. But they're both on the road, so that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that in our midfielder section. Um, I saw at MLSs say something about Lucho. We'll check that out at MLSs on on Twitter, and we'll find out what's going on. Let's talk about round 20, the round 20 preview. So uh, everyone in chat right now, start sending over some of your questions about what you want to hear us talk about during this round 20 preview. Uh, we're going to talk and try to mention what we can in between our conversation right here. So Mike going to start out first. Uh, the two random questions I like to start with, which I guess aren't random anymore. Uh, do you have any hard players? Like do not, I'm going to avoid them uh, this week. And uh, which game do you think, game or games do you think is best for points? Um, I don't have any players I, I think are too hard. I mean, I don't think anyone would be picking uh, Columbus or Vancouver players. So, I mean, if you were wanted to pick those players, you should definitely not pick those players. Um, I think the biggest game I'm really looking at uh, is Portland at or uh, is Orlando at Portland. Uh, and the reason I'm looking at that game so heavily is that or Orlando played 120 minutes this past game or this past week uh, in the Open Cup. They have a double game week this week, and they have a double game week next week. And this game is on Thursday. So to me, this has significant rotation written all over it. They're already missing Dom Dwyer. Um, Nani, we've seen a lot of rotation from him already. Uh, and to me, it, for Orlando, that's the game. I would rotate the game on the opposite coast on turf and then come home and try to get a result against the Red Bulls as a much, you know, in an Eastern Conference foe than, than anything else. So I, I see that as probably being uh, the biggest points. Um, there's a lot of even games the, the rest of the way. Um, I, I know some people might say Chicago, Columbus. Um, that just gets to what we said earlier. If Chicago is on, could they just do it? Yeah, I just don't trust them. All right, well, let's get into talking about who you do trust, Mike. So uh, keepers, defenders, and potential shutouts. Where do you sit on that? Um, so to me, there's not a whole lot of home teams, but that's where I'm looking in for most of it. So I have uh, Guzan uh, in goal right now. Um, as far as defenders, I have Aro from TFC. I have um, Anibaba right now from New England from the New England Revolution. I may switch swap that with Farrell because um, he's cheaper. Uh, I mean, because Vancouver we know is not very uh, good offensively, uh, and then their second game on the road is against Cincinnati, so that's a decent shout for uh, for a clean sheet. And then I have Diona from Portland. I really just wanted a Portland defender in there because. Um, what I said about Orlando, I, I think there's Portland's such a good defensive team that I think they can they have a good shout for the clean sheet uh, against Orlando. I don't love their match against Seattle as much um, for obvious reasons on the road against Seattle. Um, there's something we should have mentioned in housekeeping to, to for fantasy players to be aware of. Um, this is now um, friendly time. Like Colorado Rapids are playing Arsenal tonight. So... That shouldn't be a huge deal as far as minutes or where, but it may mean that some weird injuries pop up. So just kind of be aware about that. Um, but anyway, back to my picks. Uh, the last defender I have is Pines from DC United. Uh, he's only 4.9, and I'm pretty poor. And as we'll talk about in a minute, I spent a lot of money up front. So that's what I'm looking at uh, on my um, defenders right now. Yeah, those are some good names to, to give some good coverage. Uh, we saw mentioned in chat uh, a little bit earlier how uh, Corrales is is someone who'd be good. Uh, he's a 4.0 player that uh, that's coming back from. Let's see, you're coming back from uh, for Chicago. Uh, for me, I we had some we had a couple of questions in chat, and I saw this also mentioned on Twitter. Are cheap FC Cincinnati players tempting to any of us? Yeah, for sure. I think they are. They're at home. 
Uh, they're on a bit of an uptick. And uh, they're going to start out against DC United that we're not sure about their their strength. And then they're going to have that second home game against New England Revolution. Those those are kind of weird games that I could easily see them not getting a goal. But I think Kendall Waston at 5.7 could be a bonus point player that you're looking at at least from there. Um, then you've got Hagland at 4.0, I believe, uh, 4.0 or 4.5. He's really cheap. Uh, the plane is also a really cheap player right there. Those would probably be the three Cincinnati players I'd look at if you're looking for for defensive coverage. And if nothing else, you could throw them on your bench and see if you have a good switcheroo option there or to maybe see if you can get a little bit of a price rise out of that since they are so short. Uh, short Since they are so cheap that there's not a, a huge chance of, of losing points right there. Um, you also might even say the same thing for Richie. I mean, he had uh, some good points this week. He's been really good for getting a decent amount of saves throughout the season. So you may get a few points right there if he can rack them up at, as a double game week keeper. Um, could be a, a solid point right there. 4.8, uh, if nothing else, you could you could have him on your bench and technically you'd finish his last game. Uh, no, there's no way to have him be a switcheroo. Sorry, I'm looking back through here. Cincinnati plays that Sunday game, so there's absolutely no way you could get Richie's points to try to give you a chance to get a single game week keeper. So, um, I don't know. Those, those are that's some options right there. I'm also uh, I mentioned Omar Gonzalez before for Toronto. If you're not going to go with someone cheaper like like Aro, I think Gonzalez's 11 points is going to be in a really good position for price rise. With this double game week, uh, especially against New York Red Bulls, which may see some rotation against Toronto, I don't know, but but they had that big game against New York City, and then going to Houston, which has been horrible on the road for this season. So I think there's some good points, good chances for points there for Toronto. Again, in the goalkeeper situation, I, I thought about Guzan, like Mike said, and I mean they do go against Houston at first, and then have DC United, so I could definitely see it. Um, he's a little bit pricey. And there's, they, I mean, they, they've been a little bit leaky in the back. So I'm kind of worried about, about uh, Guzan as a goalkeeper this weekend, but I think you have to go with one of those double home game teams or, or at least someone with a very strong home and away rotation going on there. Um, depending on the Portland situation and the Orlando game, you've got a couple of Orlando players who have gotten up some solid points over the past three games. Uh, Sané has, has some good averages. Uh, he's 6.9, a little bit pricey. So I think you could maybe see some value there. Maybe they get something uh, if they do get rotated, if there's rotation in Portland, because they've got that Cascadia cup. So lots of options around. Um Luan is also another player from Orlando. Uh, I did talk to some Orlando fans on Twitter. They think he's a candidate to get rotated, uh, but I think he's at 5.8. So, um, you know, if, if he does play, he's a, he's a good candidate for defense. But, I mean, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of clean sheets from Orlando. But if you need someone cheap in an auto room, you could do worse. Yeah, I don't think this is a great round for clean sheets, just honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm much more interested in – putting in a lot of attacking points and just kind of going budget in the back. So going with, that's why I like Cincinnati. There was a time when I had a, a lineup that was three Cincinnati defenders because I was just thinking, whatever, maybe they'll get some bonus points. I don't know, but I'd rather put that money into my attack and, and see what happens. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy too. But if you're, if you're nuts and don't care, if you want those offensive points, it, it frees up a bunch of budget for you for sure. I'm uh, thinking that covers a lot of the questions that we were getting. You guys, thanks so much for throwing out the questions, guys. That's that's great. Uh, Guzan's cheap. Did I? Did I? Am I forgetting his price before we move on with Guzan? Five point three. Oh, okay. I for some reason I thought he was pushing over six. So I yeah, I guess five point three is not that bad for. Uh, well, I mean, he was he was pushing that last season, but you know since this fall season, we haven't kept as many uh, clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, Waston on yellow card watch. Do you know for that, Mike? I know he was gone for a little bit with the national team, so that helped him not get those accumulations going. It's it's possible. Uh, I mean, MLS's Disco summary page has not been updated from this past weekend, so that's possible. I, I would just have to check. Let me see where is he would he, if if he's on the yellow card watch. I mean, I might not take him because he's definitely a guy that that gets the yellows. So uh, that might make me go for someone like a Hadlin or a plane as well. But, uh, but if not, then yeah, I definitely want Waston. 5.7 is pretty, pretty good price for someone like that. 
Uh, let's move on to midfield. And since you're looking up some stuff, Mike, I'll I'll take this one off. I yeah, I, I think Lawson's on oh. watch. He got a yellow card last week. Oh, okay. There we go. That yellow looks card like his fifth. So I'm. I mean, I'm not sure if he gets a good behavior incentive. I'm inclined to say not because he's missed so many games. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I would definitely watch him to when if if MLS updates their disco page. So there we go, Waston. Uh, I'm going to kick off the the midfield posi- positions right here. Um, I I really put a lot of money. I considered even going with one forward this week to open up more money for midfield. But uh, I like the the double game week for for Portland opening up at home, and then that that short trip up to Seattle. It's it's a big game. We usually expect big things out of the players. I got Valeri on my team. Uh, I have Pozuelo. I talked about that at the beginning of the show. Uh, he's putting up good numbers now that Josie and Bradley are back to help uh, spread that attention and just that, that that quality of service all around him. So I like Pozuelo. I've got Gill on my team as well from New England. I think we mentioned him on Yellow Card Watch, Mike. Yeah. A, a little bit concerned there, but I, I feel like he could probably survive at least for the Vancouver game for that, but he's had some yeah. great numbers. And uh, I, I like him. Uh, for for this week, eleven point three. He's uh, not my most expensive midfielder, uh, but I also have Justin Merrim right now. Uh, I'm going to see if he is going to be in that starting lineup with some of the the injuries that that Atlanta has had. But a seven point oh midfielder. He's put up some good numbers in Atlanta already. I, I like that with the double home game. So if he's going to be starting that first game, I think Merrim's a great option. Right there. Um, I'm going to let you go, Mike, and see what else you have before we get into any just other options. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, overlap. I have Pozuelo. I have Jill. Uh, I have Valeri. Uh, I think where we differ is you have Miram. I have Grestel. Um, one thing that we haven't touched upon, and maybe we sh- should have put him in our must-avoids, is uh, the drama going on in Atlanta with Pity Martinez. I think Pity Martinez went on Argentine radio or something. Uh, and talked about how when he signed with Atlanta, Tata Martino was still a coach, and he doesn't really like what DeBoer is doing tactically and all that. Uh, we, we talked last week about the rumors uh, that he was going to go on loan to Argentina. Um, clearly, something's not right. I don't think he's getting 120 minutes. And to me, Gressel is a person who can take advantage of when Pity Martinez is out. I don't think Miram is a bad play. Um, I, I just like Gressel as a little bit more consistent, but he is more expensive too. So that's something you have to weigh. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. We've also had people mention in the chat that uh, Vialba is still going to be out as well. So that it's even more reason for for me, for Merrim or for a Gressel, one of those other picks. I think Gressel would definitely be those two guys that I'd be tossing back and forth uh, between there. Some other names we'll throw out. I mean, uh, Mike mentioned some rotations that could happen with Orlando, but Nani's been a great option at Orlando if you want to look there. Uh, 9.5 as a, is a pretty good budget for this week. Uh, if you have more faith in Chicago than I currently have right now in my heart for them, for, for using their fire to burn me, then, I mean, you could look at you could look at Gaetan. Uh, he's coming off of that rough game. He still had some, some good underlying numbers during that game and for this season. Columbus is bad. They're, they're last in the league. Not Cincinnati, Columbus. Uh, they're, they're last in the league right now. Mike mentioned their struggles. Then they're going to Philly. Uh, they've had some absences, uh, but you never know what could happen to Philly. But could be a good week for Gaetan. He's a little bit cheaper, 10.1. Makes him more affordable as well with options there. Uh, trying to think. Uh, some of the Houston options people look at I don't think are going to be great this week because of their, uh, their away game. Um, trying, I'm looking through our double games to see if anybody else has just stood out. Uh, yeah, the last one that I'm going to mention is is Cruz over at FC Cincinnati. He's uh, done pretty well for Cincinnati recently on some offense. He is 7.2, so that's pretty cheap. And if you are looking for someone else to help stretch your budget, if you don't want Merrim or if you want to have someone in addition to Merrim, double home game. I think I think Alan Cruz is a good is a good shout out for for a cheap budget player. That is a lot more viable now with Cincinnati on a tiny bit of an uptick, which with my luck will probably end up with with two losses at home with the way fantasy has been treating me so far this this half of the season. Well, on that, I'll throw a question to you. If Lucho Acosta is not suspended for D.C. United, would you consider getting him or Ariola? I don't – maybe. I mean, there. I we got to put him on the list for people to consider. It's, it's the away game that, that – mm-hmm. uh, 
gives me pause that, I mean, Cincinnati's done okay against some of these teams recently, but, but Cincinnati's not been great. I think the Atlanta game will definitely be the hardest for DC. Um, so I guess you're, you're really saying are any of the other options that we mentioned, I think pause is above them. I think the Larry is above both of those players that you're mentioning right there. Um, I think Gil is above all of those guys. So uh, he, he could be, I think he's a solid, I think Lucho is a solid option for, for a four, but he's, he's, he's not been doing fantastic the rest of the season though, either. Mm-hmm. So I, I have some, some worries. Uh, we got chat chiming in right now. Uh, Marky Delgado, 7.4 with full strength TFC. Definitely a good yeah. shout out. I had him right. in my team in my first draft, but I had to drop him. There you go. So there's some, there's at least three solid sub 8.0 players right here, guys, this week for your, your fantasy team that that would be great options if you're working with a budget like Mike is this week. So uh, great shout out there, Jackie. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning that one. Uh, let's move over now into forwards. Mike, who do you have? Uh, so I have Joseph Martinez. Um, he's been really hot lately. Two home games, Houston bad on the road. Um, DC United has not looked like the defense that they were in the beginning of the year. Um, so I kind of expect that to continue. They seem like Atlanta's in pretty good form, at least as far as getting goals and opportunities to Martinez. So I'm going with him. Um, then I have Teal Bunbury, 7.8. Um, you know, he scored. My my one concern here is, uh, you know, New England just brought in uh, a new DP. I don't think he'll take minutes from Bunbury, but I'm kind of doing some research to try to figure that out um, right now and you know talk to people in the Discord to think to see if he's going to get the the full 180. I would assume that he is. He's he's been pretty good for New England as late. He's been a big part of their uh, recent run of form. Uh, then on the bench, I have um, White from the New York Red Bulls, um, and that's just because he's so cheap. Six point seven. Um, two home, uh, two away games. Are, are not great, but um, at that price, if you're getting anything, you're, you're getting a bonus. So, so you're going with three forward options. Well, I mean, one is on Otteru. White is oh, on Otteru. Okay, okay, White's on Otteru. That that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I I uh, that's a great shout out about J Mart. I don't have J Mart in my team, uh, and I don't know if I have a really great reason why. Just for some reason, when I was making the team, I don't know. So so Bo is the guy. From, from New England who's coming in, and there's part of me with Vancouver and with Cincinnati, I, I, I still can't be like, oh, let me be on the happy happy train with Cincinnati. We're going to make it. Nah, we suck. So I can, I can still see New England scoring. So like there's part of me that just loves the idea of to see if, if Bo starts and and maybe he gets two games, which also there's a like in the back of my, my fantasy brain, it's like, no, read that stupid. He's, he's a new player. He's coming in. There's no way he's going to get in this double game with this team. I don't know. It's crazy because MLS, you all, you guys just saw week 19, week 19 happened. So, but there's part of me wondering what he could do. He's got eight goals and five assists with the last season. in, in I believe league MX that he was in. So could be an interesting addition to new England. Um, Definitely a long shot, so someone you'd want to have room in your team to, to switch out. Uh, I think Josie Alvador is someone you got to talk about this week. Two yeah. home games for Toronto, getting that connection. Five five shots, so he's getting those bonus points going right here. Um, and uh, he's 10.3, so not not a bad price, especially when you're looking at like J-Marts and these other guys being uh, $12 million or above $11 million with there. So, so a pretty affordable forward right there. I, I could maybe even see myself going with one forward and putting all of that money into the midfield and and maybe going with with uh, a lot of these guys that we were just talking about and throwing in Lucho as, as a flyer, throwing in Gaetan as well and replacing my 7.0 guys and just cutting that down. So that's that's a lot of money saved right there. Uh, Mike, where do you rank Vela in El Trafico against all these double game week options? Um, I rank Vela pretty high in a single game week but I don't rank him high compared to the double game week. I mean, the the problem is there's just too many good double game week options to, to me. Uh, we talked about Joseph Martinez. Uh, we talked about Josie Altador. There's also Brian Fernandez. Yep, rested um, last week. Rested last week. Um, I really kind of wish to figure – I mean, there's a part of me that thinks I'm just going to scrub the auto ruse and just put my money and put into Brian Fernandez. Um, that, that's how good he's been this weekend, especially if, you know, we see 
Orlando, I don't know if we'll know it in time. Um, but I mean, there, there's a big potential for a lot of rotation in, in that game. So t- to me, there's just too many really good forwards who've been doing really good, who are going to get two bites at the apple for Carlos Vela. Um, I mean, Vela is so expensive. And the other thing is that Derby game has not been friendly to LAFC. Maybe it'll be different this year. Um, but there was definitely some some issues with them last year. It was probably two of their worst games. Maybe we'll see Vela perform, and I wouldn't be surprised in form if he performed, but it's just so tough for me to turn down two bites to Apple. They have so many really good forwards, and a bunch of them playing both games at home. Josie and uh, Joseph Martinez have two games at home, right? Or yeah, they do. No, they both do. So I mean, that's a big that's a big yeah. argument for for Jbar, who, who's been on an uptick. I mentioned it last week um, on on the the SiriusXM with with Jason Davis that that J Mart has been Joseph Martinez has been on an uptick in in scoring these last few weeks and I think he's been under the radar of of lots of fantasy players because of just some of the poor form that Atlanta had at the beginning so I I think that even myself right now like that's a bias I'm trying to fight against for with that argument but I mean are we looking at this the wrong way am I looking at this the wrong way where I'm like loading up with five midfielders should this be a three midfielder week and just throwing a, all that money into the forwards and getting as much as you can out of that pot um I don't know because I, I don't think so because um I mean we're the, the midfielders is pretty stacked as well I mean we're talking about um Valeri um Pozuelo, you know, Jill's been one of the more consistent guys. <clears throat> to 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 me, you you can do that. It's just there's a lot of good midfielders too. This is definitely a fantasy mullet week. Um, I mean that that's almost why you do FC Cincinnati players. Is just say they're playing home games. We'll see if if they start good enough for me. I save my money. I mean, I, I think that's a viable strategy this week. I may do uh, it. I may switch it all up. I may. <laughs> Three cents yeah. in the back. Forget the Watson yellow card chance. Three cents in the back. Give me Dubon. He's a, he's a budget player there, and go full on reverse mullet right there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jackie B right now out of chat. Send us the quote from New England Revs article from Bruce Arena, who says we brought Bo here to play, not sit in the stands. Hopefully, that's not how you use that word correctly. Uh, with hope, we can get him on the field Wednesday. So. Uh, thanks for that, Jackie. I don't know if that means Wednesday's the only time we'll see him or if that's going to be like a 20, 30 minute sub and, and then get him maybe 60, 70 minutes the next game to try to get him keep playing with the team. But, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning away from Bo if I, if I redo this team and go full mullet in the back and, and bring out. Try I think to it's run. hard to justify Bo this week because we haven't, you know, we have, I mean, other, unless you've watched League MX, you've never seen him. To, to me, the big bug question is whether or not he knocks out Teal Bunbury's or takes some wee minutes from Teal Bunbury. Uh, because, I mean, Bunbury at 7.8 can free up a lot of money to do the midfielders. Uh, but if Bunbury's the one who's going to be rotated, then I'm going to stay away from the forwards and just take Jill as my um, New England coverage. We should have invited back Mr. Guy Sanchez to to give us some some insights into <laughs> that. Uh, I, I also don't think I'm longtime listeners know who I'm talking about. Uh, one of the former co-hosts that we had. I don't think I'm able to say his name without putting Mister in front of it. So he is. He is. <laughs> is. All right, we're hitting around that hour mark right now for the actual show. We're gonna stay. I, I accidentally stopped the recording last week, and so it ended the chat. But we'll stay around and, and, and do some chat this week as well. Um, but let's get our captain picks right now, Mike. Who do you like? Uh, right now I have it on Jill. I think I might swap that to Pozuelo because of the yellow card accumulation, uh, or Valeri. Um, so yeah, I have some options this week, <laughs> but right now it's on Jill. Uh, and I'm the same, uh, and I'd overlooked that yellow card. So I am definitely thinking more about Paz as well, but I have it on, on Jill right now. So that, uh, cause I, I am sort of tempted with that that New Englandness that's going on right now. They just have the best two matchups, Vancouver and FC Cincinnati. You know, yeah. Atlanta has a tough one. Toronto has a tough one. And Portland has a tough one. So, you know, the, the other ones we're looking at, they've got one gimme and one tougher game. Uh, New England is the one I think it has two easy games. That's why I would like to get a captain from them. 
Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, we'll work on getting some information from Blaine to post. I'm going to try to get a lot of stuff cranked out tonight, see if I can get some of those drafts worked up. But we'll try to get some some picks from Blaine to help spread it around. If you haven't already, head over to Twitter. You can uh, check out Kyle McElhaney's post uh, at MLSFB underscore BTN. He writes the Behind the Numbers article for MLS Fantasy Boss. He's got his first draft of his team posted as well. That includes Joseph Martinez. So, uh, he usually gets to put out – sometimes he gets a couple, two or three versions of his team out there if you're looking for some lineup changes as they're going. And his article will probably go up tomorrow afternoon as well. So that's all that we have for the show tonight. Uh, for those of you who are in live chat with us, we're going to keep going. Thank you so much for joining us again. Definitely have uh, 15 people watching right now, so that's everyone who stuck around with us. Um, Mike, any plugs as we're closing? Uh, hashtag MLS Injury News. I appreciate all the stuff sent my way. And of course, you can catch me at MLS Fantasy Boss, uh, MLSFantasyBoss.com. I have my MLS Fantasy newsletter that you can subscribe to through MLS Soccer. Just Google MLSSoccer.com and newsletter, and you should be able to find it. Uh, you can also head over to the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit to join that community. It's it's a great place to to get feedback on your your teams throughout the week. Also, there's the Discord chat over at MLS Fantasy Boss, and this podcast may soon be moving to a discord version so we may actually have chat built in natively to our podcast as it going so we hope to get this chat going a lot more throughout these shows uh, because youtube's kicking us off so we're gonna have to find something else that may be discord so cool things are coming thank you so much everyone for listening i hope it was informative good luck <laughs>